Next on BYU Sports Nation, is an eight-win season for BYU football that much of a reach? Two prominent former players have joined voices to spread the eight is great message. Great preseason hype. Not a regular thing here. What? We'll preview the Cougars matchup with Wisconsin on September 15th. Do the Badgers need BYU to be really good? And BYU track and field star Alyssa Dalton at the NCAA Championships. What she did on a torn ACL. Wow. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. It is June 8th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Dallas Mavericks social media analyst, Jerem Jordan. Let's analyze the following. So at uh, Dwayne Price, who's a writer, I believe, for the Dallas Mavericks, Dirk Nowitzki on who will emerge as the MVP of his baseball game. Quote, Kyle Collinsworth has been talking some smack a little bit. He said he played a little bit of baseball growing up in Utah. He said he's a multi-sport athlete. I highly doubt it because he's not really a one-sport athlete. Okay. End quote. <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth at Big Russia 5 because that's his Twitter handle said, wow, and uh, tweeted at Dirk to which Dirk Nowitzki responded, ha ha ha, my bad bro. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, other, other, it's, it's that time of year. It's like Professional athletes that don't play baseball playing softball. We'll talk about Taysom Hill and the Green Bay Packers. Oh, what role up. did he have uh, with the New Orleans Saints black and gold? And Jamal softball Williams game? played in the Packers game in which Clay Matthews broke his nose. Yeah, which pitching. wasn't super fun. Right? Look out! Uh, softball right to the schnoz, and he never out. a good thing. <laughs> Our team was eliminated from the intramural playoffs recently. See, you just... weren't supposed to go there, man. Why? Don't just go. reporting the news. Don't. That's not news. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> we always bring up uh, stuff we're involved when in. When we win, when we win. Yeah. <sighs> well, yeah. Our, did I say we lost or did I say the season ended? I can't remember. The party's Throwing here on the, the west side, clearly, on a Friday. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Eight is great for BYU football. Fact. In seven years of independence, BYU averages exactly eight wins per college football season. However, this isn't the typical offseason for the Cougars. You may have heard a 4-9 campaign in 2017, and now they face the gauntlet in 2018. Eight wins in 2018 feels like a reach, doesn't it? Cameron Jensen offered his opinion, the former linebacker, to us yesterday. I look at next year's schedule, you know, first to three, you're playing Wisconsin, Cal, Arizona. You know, you win one of those, and then you have McNeese State, Hawaii, Utah State, uh, Northern Illinois, New Mexico State. I think we can win eight, eight games. Whoa. Cameron Jensen becomes the second prominent former player to say as much in the past few weeks, joining Blaine Fowler. Blue goggle alert. I think it's blue, blue goggle, goggle alert. Blue goggle alert. Jerem. Blue goggle alert. Is eight wins a real possibility for BYU football this season? Sure, it's a possibility. Will it really happen is the question. Let's evaluate this. What If BYU is going to win eight, they have to win the six non-gauntlet games. Let's walk through those. McNeese State, Utah State, Hawaii, Northern Illinois, Boise State, 
UMass, New Mexico State. If BYU won all six of those, sorry, not Boise State. Boise State's part of the gauntlet. If BYU won six of those and won two of the gauntlet, that's eight. That's eight, okay? I don't think BYU's splitting the six in the gauntlet. Five of the six non-gauntlet games are in Provo. Okay, so can you win all six at home? All six games at home. If you do that, yeah. you're bowl eligible. If you if you go undefeated at home, then eight wins starts to feel like more yes. of a possibility. Yes, eight would be pleasantly surprised. Listen, I've been so disappointed recently with like, oh, hoping something happens and it's not quite there and you just feel bummed even though the season might have been good, right? BYU needs to go to a bowl game. That's the number one thing. Can they win eight? Sure they can. Can BYU win also can BYU win at Boise State? This year, it's going to be tough. I don't know. If BYU goes five of six, and then I think seven isn't out of the realm of possibility. I think eight's pushing it a little bit. Because I think at Boise State, it's going to be a tough game. I think you can win the other five non-gauntlet games. And then go one and five in the gauntlet games. Get six. Maybe sneak another one in there for seven. We'll see. The eight-win commentary from Cameron Jensen came on the heels of us asking the question, what would qualify as success for BYU football? To which... Cam said, well, a lot of people are saying, get back to a bowl game. I am leading that charge. I am carrying the flag. Go back to a bowl game. I'm I'm with you, man. That equals success for BYU football. You said you'd shave your head if they don't. I did not say that. Oh, man. Given the difficulty of the schedule and what happened last year, getting back to a bowl game feels like plenty of success. And and it's a brand new offense. Anything on top of that? Oh, man. That's whipped cream to your Sunday, right? Yes. And then we can talk about, okay, eight, right? You go 4-9, you return a lot of the same guys on offense, you have a new coaching staff. Listen, things can change quickly. It's not like you're building the Salt Lake Temple and it takes 40 years. Like, Gary Croton came in after Lavelle Edwards and went from six wins to 12 wins and could have been like 13 or 14. If Luke Staley doesn't break his leg, those changes can happen quickly, okay? I don't see with this schedule BYU getting like anything beyond eight realistically. Eight's not crazy. I think seven, six or seven is probably where BYU lands. If BYU lands with five, there's, there's some issues there and some changes that for might BYU, need to be made. For BYU to win eight games, likely that means they have to beat Utah. The Cougars can okay. be... Yeah. Feasibly seven and four going to Salt Lake City. I can see that scenario. I don't expect it. I can see it. But if you win eight games, I think that that has to mean you beat Utah to get to that eighth regular season win. We've said time and time again on this program that the only way to quantify Cougar football relevance is by being ranked. The Cougars haven't finished a season ranked in the AP poll since 2009, an eight year drought. The longest such streak since the late 60s and 70s. So the question is, how often does BYU need a double-digit win season to appease expectations? Well, you're just full of sunshine, aren't you, Jerem? Cameron Jensen weighed in on that yesterday as well. We can get to those 10 and 11 seasons, right? It's going to be more difficult. It might not be as consistent. But every few years, we need to be at that level and win some of those games. And I think BYU can do that. Maybe not as consistent under Bronco Mendenhall with that schedule, but we can do it every other year, every three years, and to me, that's competing. So what do you think, Spence? Once every three years, I think, is a fair expectation. Too high. Probably longer. Yeah, three to five years. I go four or five. What people fail to remember is in 2014, 
BYU was pacing to do this. If Taysom Hill doesn't get injured, BYU wins double-digit games in 2014. The Cougars, I'm not living my life with ifs. The Cougars won 10 games in 2011. That's a three-year gap. BYU won nine games in 15 and 16. Like, if BYU beats Missouri in Tanner Freshman's year, or Tanner Mangum's freshman year, they win 10 games. Also, if he doesn't complete two Hail Marys, they're seven and five. Truth. But what I'm saying is. In 2016, you're like 12 points away from being a 500 team. I don't think it's too much to expect BYU in Independence to win 10 games once every four ish years. That is if the schedule cools off a little bit. If the schedule stays the same, I don't see BYU winning 10 games for the foreseeable future. But that, like, the thing that's is, how strongly I feel about how tough these schedules are. We are basing that expectation on what teams have done most recently, right? Well, and the In, way BYU's played. Yes. Like, Taysom, is Taysom Hill going to – is there going to be a, a quarterback at the level of Taysom Hill? That's what it would require. Like, you need another quarterback that's like, boom, we have a top 20 guy nationally. Because if BYU – like, right now, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be that's going to take BYU back to the promised land, a.k.a. getting ranked. We need to, like, is a young Zach Wilson the next guy? Jaron Hall? Is it Bo Hodge? Is it, like, Joe Critchlow? If you named a quarterback, I would probably be like, can that guy lead BYU to a ranked uh, season in this schedule? I could tell you yes or no. And right now, I think it's a no for all the guys against these schedules. I need to see a Taysom Hill, a Max Hall, a John Beck type walk through the door for 10 wins against the schedule. That's legit. Did you feel Eight like John Beck was going to win 11 games after a 6-6 six and six campaign in 2005? No, I didn't. But things changed quickly. Year two of the offense under Robert and I. So what can year two of the offense under Jeff Grimes become? Let's say BYU wins. I don't wins, care about year two. I care about year one, bro. Let's say BYU wins seven or eight games this year. Now you start to feel better about. Now there's some hope. Uh, maybe, maybe they can win nine or ten. Yes, but I'm telling you. These schedules are just really tough. You get beat up. Do we think it's a coincidence that BYU got injured the way it was last year? It has a lot to do with who BYU is playing. Lance Reynolds told his team in 2009 when BYU was playing like Oklahoma and Florida State and TCU and whatnot, he said, oh, man, this is too tough. Like, we're going to get injured. And it, and it was hard. And it was hard. And that team still won 11 games. But it was in the Mountain West. As long as BYU is an independent and playing these tough schedules, I think 10-win seasons are going to be few and far between. You think once every four to five years? Once every four to five years would be nice. Speaking of injuries, Alyssa Dalton, BYU track and field star, tore her ACL as she qualified for the NCAA championships in the 100-meter hurdles. She then proceeded to run on that torn ACL at Hayward Field in Oregon at the NCAA Championships. That was yesterday when she ran. Incredible. That joins a list that we were thinking about yesterday of great injury performances in BYU sports history. What is the greatest injury performance of all the BYU sports. First off, that's incredible that Alyssa, basically two or three weeks later, ran to finish. She's going to join us later. So cool. On a torn ACL to finish her career. Where she started, by the way, at Oregon. Incredible. Incredible. Amazing story. The greatest injury performance to me in history is Robbie Bosco. He has a high ankle sprain and he injures his knee in the 1984 Holiday Bowl against Michigan. BYU's undefeated. 
They're ranked number one. They have a shot to win the national title. He gets hurt. Our homie Blaine Fowler holds down the fort. Robbie Bosco comes back in the game in spite of extreme pain. They go into the shotgun, which they had not done all season with Trevor Maddich. The first, uh, the first shotgun snap was in Robbie Bosco's gut while he was calling an audible. He tells the story. Like, and they survive. They come back down 17-10 in the fourth quarter to win the national championship. That is the best injury performance. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, one that I think a lot of people don't know about. You have to rewind all the way back to 1979. Mark Wilson had his appendix out. His appendix burst like a few days or weeks before the season started against Texas A&M. It was ranked, and they played a neutral side game in Houston at Rice Stadium. Now, there was a large contingent of the medical staff that thought he wasn't going to play at all for the entire season. This is coming off a year where they said, Jim McMahon, you're going to redshirt. We're playing Mark. They go in. Beat Texas A&M. It was the first ranked top 20 team road win that BYU had had in program history. And they proceed to win 12 games in a row or 11, 11. games in a row before losing to Indiana in the Holiday Bowl. Lee Corsi that coached. is an unbelievable turnaround. You, your appendix burst. It ruptures. And then you're playing football like a week later against Texas A&M on the road and beating a top 20 team. You wore, Mark Wilson wore a flak jacket to try and keep it tight. Like... Against his body. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's crazy. That's crazy. Fandom can be expressed in all kinds of ways, from face paint, season tickets, latest swag, tradition, etc. But if you had to audibleize your fandom, how would you do it briefly? In one of the latest social media trending questions, Spencer, how would you best describe your BYU fandom in four words? Oh, man. I had to think a long time about this. Uh, but I think I'm going to rest on the laurels of wait until next year. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Just wait, man. I know this year isn't what we wanted. But next year. Oh, really, the one that came to mind uh, it, immediately is only three words, and that's, well, I guess I, could, I guess I could say it's four words because it's a conjugation. Do not stop believing. Don't stop believing. I feel like that. Is there a song? Yes, sums up my feelings as a BYU fan. Like, I, I won't. Like, I will always believe in the Cougars. So do not stop believing. It depends uh, what Cougars. Could be Washington State, could be Houston, like just whoever's doing well that year. Would be yeah. my four words. Also, wait until next year. Okay, four <laughs> words. The schedule is too tough. <laughs> three words. Finds his guy. Oh, yes. And back Excellent. to Harleen if I Excellent. could go three. Yeah. I, I've, seen, uh, I've seen online, it's like, the three words that are better than I love you. And someone's like, back to Arlene. Oh, that's an amazing answer. <laughs> that's an amazing answer. Loyal, Strong, and True uh, is, is a fantastic option. I know I've heard a bunch. Um, yeah, like, at Glemonade said, uh, there's always next year, I think. Yeah. Or something. Like, you know, like that next year's the year, maybe, or something. Along the lines yeah, of mine. That, Wait until next year. Exactly. Those, those are good ones. Keep those coming. Our question of the day. How would you, BYU Sports Nation, best describe your... BYU fandom in four simple words. Time to hear in the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. From Stephen Fredrickson on Facebook, loyal no matter what. It's good. Loyal to the Royal. That's, That's a Kalani yeah. saying, yes. Yeah. At uh, Timoteo Mitchell on Twitter. Blue goggled till Armageddon. <laughs> 
Even in Armageddon, we'll be blue goggled. Ah, it's not that bad. Yeah. I see Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck coming. It's. Uh, I was more of a deep. Gonna be okay. I was more of a deep impact guy instead of Armageddon. Those came out like around the same time. No kidding, NASA. Morgan Freeman. NASA has a test for their scientists, their rocket scientists, to point out all of the flaws in Armageddon, like everything that could possibly be wrong and could not. There could not have could been, been not any flaws with that movie. The record is like 171 things. <laughs> Was Liv Tyler in that movie? That's a great movie. Like things that are scientifically impossible in space. <laughs> Keep the responses coming on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, including NASA violations with truth. Coming up, the amazing story of the BYU tracks to Iran with a torn ACL yesterday. And we preview the powerhouse Wisconsin Badgers, team that finished top seven in the college football playoff rankings with the athletic beat reporter for the Badgers, Jesse Temple. Just how good are they really going to be? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are two weeks away from BYU Football Media Day on Friday, June 22nd. Programming throughout the day on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Do not miss it. BYU Football Media Day in two weeks from today. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation rolling on social media. Follow us on Twitter and or Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. You can also check out our page on Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN whenever, however you would like to converse with us. Answer this question of the day. How do you best describe your BYU fandom in four words? At Schmitty underscore six uses these four words. Loyal, strong, and true. Well that's, played. That's well done. That's well, well, pl- well, well played. Well cogitated. Yes. Join in hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whichever you prefer. We'll read more of your responses later in the show. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is University of Wisconsin beat reporter for The Athletic. His name is Jesse Temple. Jesse, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Wisconsin finished number seven in the final college football playoff rankings, had a Big Ten championship game appearance how much movement up or down do you expect for Wisconsin's ranking and place in 2018? Well, when the season starts, I have no doubt that they're going to be somewhere in the top seven. If you looked at pretty much every major way-too-early top 25 publication, the Badgers are no worse than seven uh, and sometimes as high as number four. Now, a lot of that has to do with the strength of the offense and how many returning parts that this team has coming back. Uh, and there's going to be some tough road games, but I fully expect Wisconsin to be Big Ten West champion contending for a Big Ten title. And if that is the case, then certainly they should be a top 10 team all season long. We'll follow up and ask you more about Wisconsin in a moment. But with that in mind, looking at the non-conference schedule for Wisconsin, uh, does BYU need to be good to help the Badgers potentially in the playoff conversation? Well, it certainly wouldn't hurt. And this was an issue last year as well because BYU had been so good for so long, consistently winning at least eight games. You know, that they made a bowl game every year from 2005 to 2016, so it was almost like a given. And then Wisconsin goes on the road and beats BYU, and suddenly it doesn't look like a very good win because BYU finishes 4-9. and nine. And, and I think there was a lot of talk about the Badgers' perceived lack of a strong schedule last season, which was completely beyond the control of the players. All they can do is go out and play. So if they can play a BYU team that can win 8, 9, 10 games potentially this year, certainly it would enhance the strength of schedule because Wisconsin really doesn't have a very difficult non-conference schedule this year. 
Jesse Temple, reporter for The Athletic, covering the University of Wisconsin beat with us on BYU Sports Nation. What is the strength of this specific Wisconsin team? It is the offense. It is the offensive line and the running game. And really, uh, it might be a, a little bit of every facet offensively, which is why people around here are so excited. The Badgers return their entire two deep on the offensive line, and that includes three returning All-Americans with Michael Dieter, Bo Benchwall, the right guard, David Edwards, the right tackle. Dieter can play either guard or tackle this year. And then they also have a returning freshman All-America center in Tyler Biotich. So the Badgers as people know, have been uh, nationally recognized for having a stout offensive line. This could be as good as any that they have had, certainly in the top three. And you also bring back a veteran quarterback with Alex Hornibrook and Jonathan Taylor, who was sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting last year and a Doak Walker Award finalist for the best running back in the country. Uh, and I haven't even begun to mention the fact that they have their top four wide receivers returning. So there, there are weapons all over the field for the Badgers. I think this will be one of the three best offenses Wisconsin has ever had. Wow. It's about time Wisconsin got a quality offensive line and a good running back, right? It's just it's just know, been right? a few it's months. So it's been a few months, you know, since we've seen that. Um, last year, this was not a good game. It was a forty to six Wisconsin win. Alex Hornibrook in Provo, eighteen of nineteen. Could he possibly top it and go a hundred percent complete? What kind of role does Alex Hornibrook play in the success of Wisconsin this year at quarterback? Well, he's going to play a big role. Uh, and even though they have a strong running game and are probably going to run the ball two-thirds of the time, Alex has to be more consistent. That was the biggest issue offensively last year was his high interception rate. He threw 15 interceptions last year uh, and won in eight of the nine Big Ten regular season games. Now, he had an uncanny ability to respond from those mistakes and lead touchdown drives. But fans were certainly biting their nails. And you mentioned the BYU game. That's close to perfect as you can get outside of going 19 for 19. He didn't have very many games at that high level, but he closed on a high note against Miami in the Orange Bowl. He was the MVP at four touchdowns, no interceptions, 258 yards passing. Now, the question is, can he be that Alex Hornibrook and not the one who makes those one or two interceptions every game? And if he can play at a high level, it's going to be awfully difficult to stop this team. We talked about BYU's 4-9 and nine record and the impact it had on Wisconsin's strength of schedule last year. What kind of record does BYU need to have this season in order for the Cougars to help the Badgers' resume? It's really difficult to say. I mean, obviously a winning record and going to a bowl wouldn't hurt if BYU can put together one of those types of seasons where they wind up with 9-10 wins and are a nationally ranked team. I think that would be very beneficial because, as I said, Wisconsin's non-conference schedule begins with Western Kentucky and then New Mexico and then BYU. So, you know, those, certainly those first two games aren't opponents you figure will help in any way on the schedule. But Wisconsin does have a little bit more difficult Big Ten road this year. Their road games are at Iowa, at Michigan, at Northwestern, at Penn State, Ooh. and at Purdue, which is a much improved team. So you put all that together, and they have to play, um, you know, a, a very difficult schedule to begin with in Big Ten play. I think that uh, if they win enough games, they should be there. But having a good BYU team will help. Jesse Temple, author of 100 Things Wisconsin Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. He works for The Athletic, is the Wisconsin beat reporter. Let's just put it out there. Is it college football playoff or bust for Wisconsin this season? That's a good question. You would never hear coaches say that, certainly. I think the fan base is ready for this program to make that leap. The Badgers have been just outside the last couple of years, and they've always been good. The last 25 years, since Barry Alvarez took over the program and they went to that Rose Bowl in the 94 Rose Bowl, they've been a good, consistent team, but haven't been a perennial power, elite-level program. But 
it seems like it's, this is the time. You know, they went into the Big Ten championship game last year, ranked fourth in the college football playoff bowl. Had they beaten Ohio State, they would have gotten in. The year before, they were sixth going into the Big Ten championship against Penn State. So I would say that uh, a lot of the pieces are in place for it to happen. They're going to have to play extremely well against uh, some tough teams. But the biggest question to me is how will the defense hold up, which has a lot of younger, inexperienced players. They have some, some main cogs coming back. But when you've got 20 of your top 22 offensive players, the question is not about how good the offense can be. Jonathan Taylor, uh, you mentioned him, ran for almost 2,000 yards last year as a freshman. I mean, this, this kid's good. Seven yards a carry against BYU, 128 yards and a touchdown. Of course, there's a rich, rich tradition of running backs at Wisconsin. Where does Jonathan Taylor fit among the nation's best running backs going into this season? Oh, he's at the top of the list, top two, you know, or three. I know Bryce Love from Stanford also came back, and, and beyond that, you know, I I don't know who else is better based on what I saw last year as a freshman. And you also have to consider that Jonathan didn't come until the summer, so it wasn't like he was an early enrollee and got to participate in spring practice and learn the offense. He didn't become a starter until week two of the season. There was no guarantee when fall camp started that he was even going to crack the rotation, and it just proved that he was so good they had to play him. I think he can be every bit as good this year. Certainly he's going to have a lot of the focus, but because Wisconsin has so many offensive weapons around him it's not like you can load the box with nine players because they can hurt you in the air so i think he's going to carry 20 to 25 times a game as he did last season that's what wisconsin does with its featured tailback but he's going to have help around him which is better the running back or the offensive line (laughs) well there's five offensive linemen so i guess i'd pick them uh but it's uh it's they're both exceptional and obviously that's the bread and butter of wisconsin Meanwhile, on defense, the Badgers gave up 14 a game, third best in the country last year. What kind of defense is expected this year? I still think this is a top 25 defense. It's kind of like they reload and don't rebuild at this point. And what Jim Leonard has been able to do in a very short time as defensive coordinator has been pretty amazing. But there are big questions. You've got a couple names, as I said, that are returning to look for. T.J. Edwards, at inside linebacker, is a returning All-American. Dakota Dixon is a, is a uh, safety and he's the heart and soul of the back end but you have two new starters at defensive end you're trying to figure out your your uh, outside linebackers and then three of your four guys in the secondary are going to be new starters so I think they're up to the challenge they certainly are confident they played well in spring ball but they're playing against their teammates so when the lights come on and the season starts we're going to really find out how good they are. Jesse Temple, University of Wisconsin beat reporter for The Athletic with us on BYUSN. Jesse, for those that haven't experienced a college football game day in Madison, Wisconsin, how would you explain that to somebody that is going to go there for the first time? Let's say a BYU fan that's going to make the trip up to Madison for the first time. Well, it's pretty special. There's a lot of venues in in this neck of the woods that uh, in Big Ten country are uh, maybe a bucket list type experience. But if you're a BYU fan, you know, soak it all in because – there are not many places like it. Camp Randall Stadium is one of the oldest stadiums in the country, and they pack it in with 80,000 fans, uh, and they have a couple great t- traditions that jump around after the third quarter that just it shakes the stadium. It really feels like the stadium might collapse. And, you know, they're all about the beer and brats here and, and cheese. So uh, you, you have to put those on your list if you're going to be here. It might not be good if you're on a diet, but it'll be worth it. Great stuff. Jesse, we appreciate the time and the insight for the Wisconsin Badgers. Thanks very much. Jesse Temple on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Perhaps one of those things won't be consumed by this particular fan base, but Wisconsin uh, certainly partook when they went to Provo and uh, 
I think took all the liquor in Utah Valley. A 34-point <laughs> victory for the Badgers over BYU in Provo last season. It was a sad day. What awaits the Cougars on their second trip to Madison in the last five years? BYU, going into that game, is going to be like a 21-point dog. Like, it's going to be a huge number. Can BYU go in there and compete can they go and hang? That's the hope, right? What if BYU is game for everybody? What if BYU is two and zero going to Wisconsin? Listen, if Alabama played at Wisconsin, it'd be like that's a tough game for Alabama. I know. Let alone I anybody know. else. You know what I'm saying? Coming up, she crossed the finish line on a tour in ACL and still raced another race. Alyssa Dalton will join us from Eugene. What's the chance Cameron Jensen, the former BYU linebacker, is right and BYU football wins eight games this eight games this season? This is BYU Sports Nation. Then you'll shave your head. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back on a Friday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. We're here for you, people. And we would now like to present some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU senior Kevin Nielsen tallies a career personal best 7,695 points in the decathlon to finish in eighth place at the NCAA Track and Field Nationals in Eugene, Oregon. Congratulations to Kevin. He's named a first-team All-American in doing so. Tonight, Matt Owens and Clayson Shumway compete in the steeplechase, and Rory Linkletter, Connor McMillan, and Clayton Young will run in the 5,000-meter final. Good luck to all of the Cougars. Women's soccer schedules out. The home openers against the national champs, Stanford. Very nice. With other highlights like Nebraska, Texas A&M, Utah, and Marquette, the season begins August 17th. BYU won an unprecedented sixth consecutive West Coast Conference Commissioner's Cup following outright championships in women's golf, softball, and men's cross-country. The champ is here. BYU tied for the volleyball title and finished runners-up in women's cross-country. BYU also won the women's all-sport trophy. Now, why don't we uh, shake that stick at Gonzaga? We should. Hey, Commissioner's Cup in your face, Zag. Six consecutive years. I know you've been to the Sweet 16 four years in a row, but you don't have the Commissioner's Cup. (laughs) Former Hoopster LJ Rose is one of 32 players in the Utah Jazz free agent minicamp today and tomorrow. Good luck to LJ. Let's play What's the Chance, shall we? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Ben Bagley, we would love for you to join us on a Friday. What do you have for us at number one? Happy to be here on a Friday, gentlemen. Let's start number one, theme of the show. Eight is great. What's the chance BYU football wins eight games in 2018? I'll go 8%. I think BYU's got a shot. I I think it's low based on the amount of quality opponents. And BYU's going to have to go and win some road games that are tough. I think it's 8%. It could happen. But it's more of a long shot. I'm not much higher than that. I, I kind of focused in on 10%. 10% shot that BYU wins eight games. I expect six wins. Yes. Anything above that is gravy. Fantastic. But do you like potatoes without gravy? If they're super buttery and salty, okay. Yes. But gravy is always good. I've yeah. never had a bad gravy experience. Yeah. Not a single one. Can you And bacon. Have you ever eaten bacon and been like, man, that was a mistake? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Number two. 
You can't win eight if you don't win one. So what's the chance BYU football wins the season opener at Arizona in how many days? Oh. Countdown to the Wildcats. 85 days. That was Ben tossing to Ben. That's a first, Ben. (laughs) The thumbs up. 85 days away. What's the chance BYU football wins the opener in Tucson against Arizona? 40% chance. It's on the road. Arizona is a team that won seven games last year. They have some continuity. Khalil Tate back at quarterback. He struggled to to rush the ball in the same way near the end of the season. Had a good passing game in the bowl game and a loss, but I don't know, 40%. So perhaps there's enough tape on him that teams can start to figure him out is what you're alluding to. He's a good player, but Arizona is not a world beater. Yeah, I say 30% chance. Like, I, I always go... I'm the higher one? Wow. In groups of 10. Like, if they played 10 games, how many times do I think BYU would win that game? And I think three. I think they're, they're, they would win that game three out of 10 times. Hopefully so it's one of those three. So 30% chance BYU football wins the season opener at Arizona. Uh, and, and maybe I'm being a little bit, you know, non-blue goggled here. You, well, you, blue goggles could be negative too, right? Oh, we don't true. normally do that. That's we, true. Oh, that's true. Everything Ex- terrible. Maybe. I'm blue goggled. The schedule's too tough. Get off my schedule lawn. <laughs> I'm probably being a little bit too conservative, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think BYU's got a decent shot to go down there. First games of the season are always weird, especially when you have new coaching staffs involved, and that is the case on both sides. BYU, not as much as the head coach at Arizona with Kevin Sumlin, but. Yeah, it's it's going to be a weird, sloppy, ugly football game. Number three. Can't wait to watch that. What's the chance Kyle Collinsworth will outperform Dirk Nowitzki at Dirk's charity softball game? Now, if you missed it, uh, Dirk Nowitzki with some trash talk about uh, who will emerge <laughs> as the MVP of his baseball game. Quote, Kyle Collinsworth has been talking some smack a little bit. He said he played a little bit of baseball growing up in Utah. He said he's a multi-sport athlete. I highly doubt it because he's not really a one-sport athlete. <laughs> End quote. I'm going to go 85%. Kyle's going to get in there. He's going to crush two bombs over the left field fence. Yeah, and Dirk's uh, on his way out, right? He's not as uh, sprightly as he used to be. Well, and his strike zone's massive. He's seven feet tall. <laughs> like, how how long of a bat <laughs> does Dirk Nowitzki have to swing in a charity softball It's like game? a piece of lumber from the woods, <laughs> like uncut. It's just like bark all over his hands. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Sap uh, and everything. Big Rusher 5 because that's his Twitter handle. That is his I'm, Twitter I'm handle. with Kyle Collinsworth on yeah. this. I think he's going to outperform. 100% he outperforms Dirk Nowitzki at Dirk's charity softball or baseball game, whatever it is. Number four. Last one. What's the chance Taysom Hill, speaking of charity games, is a better softball player than he is a QB? Oh, boy. Listen, Taysom Hill apparently hit a homer at the Saints uh... – at Josh yeah. Katzenstein tweeted in this, Taysom Hill just hit a softball off the scoreboard at the black and gold home run derby. The legend just keeps growing. Now, he had some uh, some bombs in Green Bay last year at the Packers softball event home as run well. Derby. Uh, so I'm going to go 100%. I think Taysom Hill is an extremely good athlete no matter where, is he, where he plays. He's not getting much of a shot at quarterback right now, okay? He could. I bet he could have played baseball if he wanted. He's a better well, softball player than a quarterback? Apparently so. He's an incredible athlete. Really good at basketball. I want to say he was all region in high school. 
What like uh he's like What a, isn't he good at? He's like a six handicap in golf. He taught himself how to be a really good golfer in college. He's that a was, quarterback. They're just naturally good at golf. That was his escape from football was to go play golf over the summer. His escape from this program. And now he's hitting softballs off the scoreboard. Yeah. I think he's an incredible athlete, but I'm still on his on the quarterback train with Taysom Hill. I think I think he's a better football player. I think he's a better chess than player. Anything else? He's he is a better else. football player 100% than any other sport. I think he's better at risk than anything else. <laughs> Coming up, Team USA Rugby has two former Cougars in the starting lineup. I'll tell you who. <laughs> you had to bust out the wrist. Settlers reference. of Catan. He is building so many bridges. A bittersweet end to an outstanding track and field career. Alyssa Dalton runs at the national championships in Eugene, Oregon on a torn ACL. Incredible. How? She'll join us next. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On BYU Football Media Day, BYU Sports Nation will have a two-hour edition of the show from 12 to 2 Eastern on Friday, June 22nd. That's two weeks from today. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside the fabulous Jerem Jordan. It's a feel-good Friday. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our question of the day on this Friday How do you best describe your BYU fandom in four words? From at Jelly Belly Kelly on Twitter Optimistic to the end. Blue goggled. Absolutely. We all are to a degree, right? Yeah, we saw one earlier that said 700 mile road trip. Yeah, very That's nice. devotion, people. That's Keep the kind of fan base that we're talking to right here. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hashtag BYUSN. It was, it was at Oxbowmark. Yeah, well well done. Well done. That is the devotion we're looking for. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, our second guest of this Friday show. Her name is Alyssa Dalton. She is a repeat guest, and it's great to have her with us. Alyssa, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back. You ran your race, and you did so with a lot of integrity and I'm sure a ton of emotion yesterday at the NCAA championships and those hurdles on a torn right ACL. So let's walk through this chronologically. <laughs> when did the injury happen, and how did you get to the point where you felt like you needed to run out at the NCAA championships? Well, I tore my ACL actually a year and a half ago. This is my third one. <laughs> but this year I tore it crossing the finish line at regionals when I qualified for nationals. So um, I actually got in at one of like the at-large spots. So I wasn't one of the auto qualifiers. So I had to wait two more heats to find out if I qualified. But I knew I had a really strong feeling that I had torn my ACL. And so I was sitting on the trainer's table waiting to see if I qualified. And then when I did, I looked at my trainer and I said, I'm going. And he said, we're going. We're going. We're going to do whatever we can. And so at that point, I just decided – I was going to do whatever it took um, to be able to at least start the race. I wasn't sure what if I could get over a hurdle, but about five days out after I tore it, I went over a hurdle. So I said, I'm going to go over all 10. I'm going to finish that race no matter how slow it is. We just saw the video, and this is some yeah. really compelling stuff. Um, so when you finish the race, you don't know that you've qualified for nationals yet. You found out a few moments later? Yeah, so there's three heats, how it works. There's three heats, right. and I was in the first heat, and the top three of each heat <clears throat> excuse me, auto-qualify to nationals, and then there's the next three fastest times. So that's me 
really excited in the tent waiting for the next two heats to qualify to finish to see if I got one of those three at-large spots. And um, so I knew my knee was hurt, but I really wanted to see if I qualified. (laughs) How in the world were you able to manage the pain and and deal with that and run in the NCAA championships? Like, that that doesn't compute in my head. You're not just running. You're hurtling. Yeah, well, how does how do you do that? So actually, with I didn't tear anything else with a torn ACL. If it's completely ruptured, um, it's not really that painful. Which sounds crazy. I'm just really unstable. So I went and saw my our brace guy. Um, I had a brace from before, and he went and we adjusted a few things, added a few straps, fixed the hinges a little bit, made it a little more comfortable. And when I put that on, I felt stable, pain free, and I said I'm going to go over some hurdles. So as long as that brace was strapped tight, I felt good. Relatively. <laughs> so yeah. w- so when you raced yesterday, I mean, was this a, okay, I want to compete or, you know what, I want to finish what I started and this is the end of my career and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see it out and I'm going to return to Oregon where I originally was and here I am at Nationals. It was definitely finish what I started. Um, I earned that. I've worked so hard to get there and it's been a long run. I'm in my seventh year, so um, I just really wanted to finish out what I what I started and show people that, I mean, you can you can do things. You can do hard things. And so I I knew my coach and I had to talk. He had to tell me multiple times. He knows how competitive I am. Um, he had to tell me, okay, we're going to just finish. So how are you going to let people go by you? You have to let them go because it's dangerous and don't want to hurt you more. So just focus on your lane. <laughs> don't stress too much about if they, if they take off because I knew I wasn't going to be able to run anything impressive with a huge brace on my knee. So I just really wanted to cross that finish line. That was our goal. We decided that last week to just cross the finish line and show people that you, you can do it. Like you can really get over um, these obstacles and hard things that these trials. So I, I, the last picture, the picture they got over the 10th hurdle, I was smiling because I, I did it. I completed 10 hurdles and I was going to cross that finish line. I was so excited. I've never had a picture of me smiling over a hurdle. So I was that calm and that relaxed and it was just fun. I was all smiles after. Explain more of that feeling of the race yesterday where you did finish. You got to nationals, you ran the race, you were there, you did it. Yeah, it was just, um, it was satisfying. I was a little bit back and forth about this might be embarrassing, but it doesn't matter. Like I, nobody, not all these people know my story and this is this is bigger than me. And so, um, yeah, when I cross that finish line, I just feel like I have so much um, to give back with my story too. Cause a lot of people go through hard stuff. It's not just me who deal with these injuries. And so, yeah, I just, I was just excited that I could, I could do that because with my other two ACL tears, there's no way. So I feel like it truly was a miracle that I could come back and 10 days after I, or 11 days after I tore my ACL, I was able to hurdle because with my other two, that wasn't even a possible, not even close. Alyssa so Dalton. I, oh, go ahead. Continue. <laughs> No, that's it. No, you're good. Alyssa Dalton from the NCAA Championships ran on a torn ACL, her third torn ACL in her career. Incredible story that uh, we're kind of diving into a little bit more now. What are your emotions like right now that you've had time to kind of process everything that has happened? You know, I'm I'm really happy and grateful and sad, and it's just all, so many things. I've been tearing up multiple times because I'm done with my career, just like any senior. I'm moving on to the new thing in my life, but um, I'm just grateful for the time that I had at BYU and the coaches for trusting in me and believing that I could come back faster because that's huge. Coming back from that many injuries, some people can't get back to where they were or even get better, and every year I've gotten better, and they've just trusted me, and it's just 
it's just an amazing feeling to accomplish that. And I'm sad that I couldn't end on the highest note of running fast, but I still feel like I ended on a high note. And I, I proved something to myself and to my family and um, coaches. And I just feel like I wouldn't be able to do it without really my, my coach, Kyle Grossarth. He, he was the one that looked at me and said, this is a big deal. Like you, if you do this, this is a big deal. Like I'm really proud of you. And that, that meant a lot. And everybody else, my husband Chase and my family, they've all just been rooting for me. And even my teammates, it's just awesome. So I felt the love from everybody and it's, it's emotional. So I definitely have been in tears, happy tears and sad tears and just excited, but yeah, it's, it's over. So it's been, it's been a ride. That's for sure. What an incredible experience. And we're just sitting here like soaking in what, what you did and we've chronicled <laughs> part of your career as well and uh, been along for it. And it's been awesome. Um, what's the next step for you? The next step for me, I accepted a job at Jordan High School where I'll be the head track coach and teaching there. And so Very I'm cool. really excited to give back and coach these other younger kids up to where um, possibly that I've gotten. If it weren't for my high school coach, I wouldn't have been able to run college. And so I hope to be that that change and make a difference in the younger kids' lives because i got to stay in this world. Track has just been a part of me and it always will be. So I'm really excited for the next stage as well. Congratulations on the the new job that awaits you. Well deserved, obviously. And uh, you think you'll have a few lessons to teach your track and field kids after everything you've been through? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. <laughs> my coach made a joke yesterday that he said I have to now. I have to tell all my kids because my time was actually pretty competitive for Utah State High School, and so he said now I have to tell my kids they have to beat my. ACL PR hurdle race. <laughs> there you go. So and motivate them. So it's, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I'm really excited. <laughs> Congratulations once again, Alyssa, on a fantastic career. Uh, we're inspired by you, to say the least. Totally. And uh, we wish you a quick and healthy recovery on your ACL and great things ahead at Jordan High School as uh, you begin your coaching career. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you bringing me back on. You got it. Alyssa Dalton on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Listen, that's an incredible story. Like what we just discussed and heard was incredible. She tore her ACL. If if you're watching on BYU TV, those are some powerful images we just saw where she was crying as she learns she just tore her ACL. That she made nationals. She qualifies for the first time in her career. She finally does it. Handling the emotion of, I'm not going to be able to run, am I? Oh, no, we're going. No, we're going. And then yesterday she ran. Incredible. Incredible story from Alyssa Dalton. Apply that in your life. You're like, I can't do that. No, you can do it. You can do it. Is there a better profession for her to get into than teaching and coaching after what she's been through? Now she's going to be a beat digger. Go beat diggers. Really, really. People think I went to fantastic. Jordan. They're like, where did you go? No, Copper Hills, West Jordan. But the beat diggers, man, up on the hill there. <laughs> that was a very cool. Our, uh, our thanks to Alyssa Dalton for joining us. Coming up, the championship BYU won that you didn't know that you cared about. And this is, I mean, we're talking about a six-peat here. Six-peat. <laughs> Plus, more from the voice of the nation. How would you describe your BYU fandom in four words? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Jesse Temple, Wisconsin beat reporter for The Athletic, and Alyssa Dalton, who just competed in the NCAA Track and Field Championships and the Hurdles. 
ran on a torn ACL to finish out her career. If you missed that interview, download the podcast. Just do it. You probably ought to watch this one specifically because the video of that experience and the emotion there was pretty powerful. You can listen to it. I'd, I'd recommend watching this one for sure. Even Dennis Pitta should watch that one. Yeah, unfortunately, we ran out of time for him uh, today and forever. If you missed any part of this show, you can always download the podcast or watch it at org, iTunes, Google Play as well. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Track and field. As we just mentioned, Alyssa Dalton finishes her career at BYU, a seven-year career due to injuries in the women's 100-meter hurdles semifinal with the time of 15.05. She competed on a torn ACL fully ruptured in her final race as a Cougar. Freshman Ashton Reiner named second team All-American after finishing 11th in the Javelin final, throwing 50.25 meters. She has the number two throw in BYU history as a freshman. Soccer. Schedule's out. Home openers against the national champ Stanford. Other highlights, Nebraska, Texas A&M, Utah, and Marquette. The season begins August 17th. Athletics News. BYU wins an unprecedented sixth consecutive WCC Commissioner's Cup. A bunch of different conference titles. Hey, let's go. Six straight for BYU. Cougars in the association. Former Hoopster LJ Rose, one of 32 players in the Utah Jazz free agent minicamp today and tomorrow. Rugby. Former Cougar Jordan Gray and Team USA beat Japan today, 24-19 at the Women's World Rugby 7 Series in Paris. They also played against Spain. That just wrapped up. Won that one, too, 21-14. They'll take on France later today. And former rugby players Paula Sika and Sean Davies will start tomorrow for the Eagles against Russia in Denver. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Alyssa Dalton, what a story. No question. No question. Download the podcast to hear that amazing recap of what she just went through our elite voice of the day answering this question how would you best describe your BYU fandom in four words at Tyson Peterson on Twitter I'm forever yours faithfully (laughs) hashtag journey conversation (laughs) continues 24-7 on Twitter Instagram and Facebook our audio podcast on iTunes Google Play and the TuneIn app for Jerem I am Spencer shout out to Dan Plater BYU Sports Nation back at it on Monday